Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Homefield Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. It's time to hit that rewind button once again and take a look back all the way in 1928's professional football season. There's quite a bit of change going on in the NFL that season with the league's biggest stars bowing out. And But what a season it was after all. There's some of the great teams battling it out for a championship. And we have a story and more coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And it's time to hit that rewind button and go back in time. We're going to go back some 90 years ago from the airing of this podcast to the season of 1928 at the professional level. Yeah, that's right. This is Football History Rewind part number 63. Uh, Last time in part number 62, last week, we discussed the 1928 college season and all the, the great things that happened in that. Uh, time. Well, the pro game was sort of in a time of transition in 1928 for the NFL in its ninth season as an organization. As uh, We'll get into some of those details in just a moment, but we want to let you know that, yeah, we still call this the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch Podcast, and we don't have new episodes coming out daily, but we have them coming out quite a few times during the week, but we still have a daily podcast. If you won't be able to see it on your podcast aggregate, but if you join our newsletter, which you can do very simply by going to the show notes of this very podcast and ch- answering two quick questions, your name and your email, you'll have an email every single morning, 6.30 a.m. that'll have our podcasts that are coming out and our articles. We have the reoccurring articles that are coming up on Pigskin Dispatch and JerseyDispatch.com each and every day that have podcasts attached to them that are date specific. So if you look on February 8th, you will have a February 8th podcast on Pigskin Dispatch specific to that day and the history of that day in football. And on jerseydispatch.com, you will have a February 8th uh, date specific podcast on the events and sports history and uniform history on that date. So two easy ways to do it, but the most central way is just sign up for that newsletter and you'll be able to go to both those links very easily each day and there's lots of other information there as well now let's get back to that ninth season of the nfl the 1928 season well it was kind of a traumatic season at first because the league dropped to just 10 teams it's a far cry from the 22 franchises that played in the nfl just two years earlier in the 1926 season This year, the Duluth Eskimos, Cleveland Bulldogs, Buffalo Bisons, and the Rochester Jeffersons were all dropping from the prior year standings. 
As mentioned in earlier posts, Duluth was relegated to playing in almost all of their games on the road. They were the road warriors. Uh, we talked about this. You know, Duluth is so northern and it gets so cold and frigid. And, you know, back in that time, it was hard to get to. Uh, the people really didn't want to travel there and definitely didn't want to go out and sell tickets to watch people watching a game. So they were traveling team and tra- they were always road warriors. And this fact and the other fact that their star player, Ernie Nevers, who was stepping away from the team, sort of sealed the Eskimos franchise's fate. Now, spoiler alert, he would return to the league in 1929 as a member of the Chicago Cardinals. So if you're not, we'll talk about him a couple episodes from now on Football History Rewind, I'm sure. But the Buffalo and Rochester had each sat out in the 1927 season, hoping to get some second wind and maybe some financial you know, windfall that would help them get back in the league for 1928. But the cards just weren't in their favor. Now, Cleveland didn't disappear as the franchise uh, altogether. It was sold and relocated to Eastern Michigan and somewhat morphed into an expansion team called the Detroit Wolverines. More about them in a moment. Now, also joining the Wolverines for the 1928 season, the other nine teams were the Chicago Bears, Chicago Cardinals, Dayton Triangles, Frankfurt Yellow Jackets, Green Bay Packers, New York Giants, New York Yankees, Pottsville Maroons, and the Providence Steamroller. Now, besides losing the star powers of Nevers and Red Grange, uh, they, who also retired from playing the game, these, this was the big news of professional football. But the real story uh, was in the race for the league title that season because it made it really an exciting game, even without the star power of Nevers and Grange and losing a few more teams. Now, the Bears of Chicago and the Wolverines raced out as early favorites, each undefeated after four weeks. George Hallis' team was knocked back a peg on October 21st that season, though, when the Green Bay Packers defeated them 16-6 as a final score. November 3rd saw the first setback for Detroit when they traveled east to play the Yellow Jackets near Philadelphia. Frankfurt won that contest handily by the score of 25-7 over the Wolverines. Now that loss followed up the very next day with a 7-0 loss to the Steamrollers of Providence. And uh, when the smoke cleared that weekend, Providence and Frankfurt sat atop the leaderboard of the league with identical 5-1 records. And unfortunately for the Detroit Wolverines, they fell back just a bit. In week eight, Pottsville and Frankfurt played a pair of games in a home-and-home series with the Yellow Jackets victorious with a 19-0 score at home and a 24-0 on the Maroons' home side, all while the steamroller sat idle. The following week's games on November 18th featured a big showdown of Eastern powers as Frankfurt traveled to Rhode Island and the Cyclodrome to play the steamroller. 10,000 fans packed the stadium. Now the Cyclodrome was an oval field built for bicycle racing and it had some regular grandstands on the outside of the oval for people that wanted to watch the bike races uh, but some fans and the team benches for football sat on the bike track as the gridiron stars traded blows in the infield the defenses of both teams played really well that day and the ap wire uh, article described the game as bitterly fought unquote and the lone score was set up on a George Wildcat Wilson throw to Curly Odin. A play later, Wildcat scored on a 35-yard scamper 
It would be the only points of the day as the Providence won the game 6-0, propelling them into first place in the NFL standings. This game was the deciding game in a championship race when it all came said and done, as the Steamroller would win their next two games, and they, then they had quite a game with the Green Bay Packers on December 2nd. A loss by Providence to Green Bay that day may have lost them their title aspirations. Green Bay outplayed the Steamroller for much of the contest, but in the third quarter, halfback Wilson made a beauty of a throw to his receiver marks. The dependable end bobbled the ball more than once before hauling it in for the score. A successful extra point created a 7-7 tie, and that's how the score would end to all but assure the steamroller of the NFL title of 1928. Now, the final rankings and standings of the NFL, according to ProFootballReference.com, has a steamroller sitting at 8-1-2. Frankfurt Yellow Jackets 11-3-2. Detroit was 7-2-1, and, and the Packers 6-4-3, followed by the Chicago Bears at 7-5-1. And the rest of the teams in the league, the other five, had losing records. The Giants 4-7-2, the Yankees 4-8-1, Possible Maroons 2-8, Chicago Cardinals were 1-5, and, and the poor Dayton Triangles couldn't win a game. They were 0-7 on that season. And remember, back in that era, there was no championships. There was no postseason. Uh, the championship was awarded to the team with the best record. And to make it official with that 8-1-2 record, Providence was formally awarded the championship at a postseason meeting of the NFL owners. Now, those steamrollers were a very interesting group. Uh, the veteran Jimmy Konzelman was paid the hefty sum of $292 per game to coach and quarterback the Providence team. And this investment by the franchise paid off big with that claim to the championship. Other stars of the champs were Gus Sonnenberg, Jack Cronin and his brother Bill Cronin, Pop Williams, Orland Smith, and John Spellman. Others included Norm Harvey, Duke Haney, Wildcat and his brother Abe Wilson, Milt Rinquist, Jim Simmons, Jim Laird, Jack Fleischman, and a guy named Perry Jackson. Perry Jackson. Well, almost Perry Jackson. The Golden Rankings website shares the following story on this steamroller that made it kind of uh, interesting and we can laugh about it today. It says, quote, Konzelman had heard of a star lineman by that name, Perry Jackson, playing in Oklahoma and sent him a cable inviting him to try out for the steamroller. Since the real Jackson was ill that summer, his teammate, a guy named Arnold Shockley, came for the tryout under Jackson's name and made the team, playing three years under this alias of Percy Jackson. The real Jackson later played one season under his buddy's name, Shockley, on a pro team in Boston. End quote. Now, that just tells how the time was that people uh, would use other people's names and sometimes some pseudonyms to disguise themselves to play. In this case, this guy just wanted to play, have an opportunity to play for some football, and uh, he took the opportunity of his success of his buddy, who unfortunately was ill that year. So that truly made for a very interesting NFL season as they were the only pro game around the NFL was in 1928. And uh, what a bunch of characters that this Providence steamroller must have been. And they were truly a great bunch, a bunch of all-stars and legends. 
and champions of the NFL in 1928. And that's your football history for 1928 and the professional level. I hope you enjoyed this little bit of a look back at the great NFL almost 100 years ago and some of these great players that like Jimmy Conzelman uh, being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame and what a legend he is and you know the, the Cronin brothers everybody's heard of them Gus Sonnenberg uh, you know just some some great uh, players that we can look back and say hey they played on the same team and with guy like like George Wildcat Wilson which is still one of the greatest nicknames ever and I really admire that guy because uh, we've done a couple posts on him both in his college days and the, the great Rose Bowl game that he had and uh, some other times as a pro and just some great ways to look back and enjoy pro football and preserve the history and we thank you for joining us in doing so now until next time everybody have a great great iron day Peeking up at the clock, the time's running down. We're going to go into victory formation, take a knee, and let this baby run out. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you back tomorrow for the next podcast. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.